Bible or your electronic device lifted above your head, and let's make our declaration of faith. Somebody shout, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I am a believer and not a doubter, a doer and not just a hearer. And my life, come on, everybody, and my life, one more time, and my life is the better after hearing, obeying, and applying a word from the Lord. Book of James, chapter number four, verses number 13, the writer declares, now listen, you who say today or tomorrow we will go to this or that city, spend a year there, carry on business and make money. Somebody shall make money. 14, he sends out a short, sharp rebuke and he says, why? You do not even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. 15, instead, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast in your arrogant schemes. God help me today. All such boasting is evil. 5.1 declares, now listen, you rich people. <laughs> Look at your neighbors, the neighbor, he talking to you. <laughs> the Bible declares, now listen, you rich people. Weeping well because of the misery that is coming on you. Your wealth has rotted and moths have eaten your clothes. Somebody shout, wow. Wow. God, I thank you for this moment. I feel your presence already. Do the thing that only you can do. Touch the hearts, minds, spirits of your people. And it is in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody says... But Tito, to start out today, man, I want to highlight a word that if you've been saved at any time, you've probably heard this word, maybe not necessarily concerning yourself, but just other people within Christendom. The word today I want to highlight is hypocrite. Hypocrite. Hypocrite is defined as a person who puts on, somebody shout, a false appearance. Shout it again, a false appearance. A person who puts on a false appearance, a person who acts in contradiction to his or her true feelings. Now, to God be the glory, um, I've never been called a hypocrite outside of, of the church buildings. No, you know, uh, mo most of my friends that I grew up with, if you talk to them, they'll, they'll tell you, man, Greg, man, he's been true to this thing for quite some time. He hadn't been perfect, but, man, he's been consistent in what we've seen. So on the outside, that term has never been used towards me as far as I know that I am a hypocrite. But, chat, one of my mentors, a man of God, father figure, looked at me one day and said, you a hypocrite. That's what he, he said. Can you, I'm, I'm tripping. What do you mean I'm a hypocrite? I love Jesus for real. But he looked at me and he said he called me a hypocrite. And I want to tell you why he called me a hypocrite. A couple of testimonies that I want to share. Some of you all have heard a few of these testimonies. Others you have never heard before. Um, several years ago, several years ago, we were in the middle of a uh, giving campaign, giving 
And um, I can't remember what, it was something concerning the South location. We were raising money to do something. I don't know if it was uh, upgrade AC. I don't know what it was, but I was, I was really um, 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 just kind of challenging the people concerning their giving because there were some things that we needed to accomplish in a short amount of time. In the middle of that giving campaign, I get a phone call. You've heard this testimony before. And this guy says to me, hey, Pastor McGee, uh, I got a, what do you think about driving a 2011 Jaguar? And I said, that sounds mighty nice to me. He says, well, get down here and pick it up as yours. So I drive down and I get the Jaguar and he literally just signed up. I'm, I'm talking about this is. In this particular time, it's 2011 Jag. It was the top of the line, all the bells and whistles of that particular year. The Jaguar was maybe two or three years old, and he just gave it to me. One of the church members came to me, loved them, not throwing stones. I love them. I really do love them. And they said, Pastor, you do know it looked funny. that you've been talking about giving all of this time and all of a sudden you just wind up with a Jaguar. You do know, and, and, and watch this, watch this, watch this. this. This is what I was, Jeff, I was a hypocrite because this is the airs that I put on. I tried to make it seem like I was just lucky and it just happened. But the truth, the story behind the story is I had just prayed a prayer, and I asked God for some things, and I said, God, either I want you to bring my income up, or I want you to bring the prices down. God didn't bring my income up, but he sure did bring some prices down. And I walked around acting like I was lucky when I should have been walking around the truth of how I was feeling, that I'm blessed, come on somebody, and God really does answer his prayers. Can somebody say amen to that? We moved down here in 2002 and we, we bought a house. And then after buying the house, um, it, was, it was me and my wife. Um, Aisha, she was maybe nine or ten years old. Greg was, he was a toddler, uh, walking or bouncing around. And um, lo and behold, I guess because Lady McGee kind of likes me, um, we had Charity, <laughs> then we had Teresa, and little Nate was on the way. So I started having this conversation with God. Lord, I need, I need a bigger house. It's getting too tight up in here. It's, I, I need more space. We bought this house with, with the mindset of four, not seven. Pop, here's my dilemma. I know what my current mortgage is, but I know I can't afford to keep this house and buy something else because God, I kept talking about selling the house and every time I get, every time I talk about selling the house, I get this bad vibe in my spirit. So I know God didn't want me to sell, but by the same token, I know I can't afford to have this house note and then carry another mortgage. So I got to praying and talking to God. So one day I just happened to be walking and the house next door to me it's been sitting there empty for years, and I just happened to just walk on the front porch and look in the window. And while I'm looking through the window, I see a key on the frame. 
Y'all pray for me. <laughs> so I picked the key up, and I went in the house, and I was absolutely blown away. I'm like, because on the outside, it really does look like a smaller house, but when you start going down the hall and through the rooms, I'm like, I told God, I said, this is perfect. I went and got my wife and brought her in our house. <laughs> And I said, baby, look at this. This is perfect. So I called my dude, Chad, and I said, Chad, I need you to get on the phone and find out what's going on with this house. The house was in foreclosure, had been on the market for two years. My mortgage, by the way, a 20-year mortgage, I was paying $500 a month for a foreclosed home. Come on, somebody. For a three, oh, almost 3,000 square foot house. So watch this. When people come to me, I was a hypocrite because I was acting like, I guess I'm just lucky. I don't know, but the devil is absolutely a liar. God left the house on the market that long. Y'all ain't saying nothing in this place because he knew I was going to pray a prayer. Come on, somebody. Somebody shout, I'm not lucky. I'm just blessed like that. Now, I'm preaching this message because not only was I a hypocrite, it's some hypocrites sitting in these seats, come on, and it's some hypocrites that's watching me online. You are more blessed than what you're putting on, and I'm telling you, it's time for you to come out the right closet. Come on, somebody, because there is some prostitute that's getting ready to sell her body again, and she needs to know that living for God actually does pay off. It's some ex-drug boy, come on, getting ready to slam again and he needs to know that if I truly honor God oh there they go my lady McGee ain't here but fun she's running again come on somebody they need to know that honoring God in my finances works somebody shout honoring God works so so watch watch the wisdom watch the wisdom so th this this is the foundation of my hypocrisy. <laughs> I want to show you. She tired now. Somebody give up all the water. <laughs> I want to show you the foundation of my hypocrisy. It was not everybody, but it was certain individuals that I grew up around that was close to me that frowned on people who had wealth. And they were misconstruing scripture again, not everybody, but just certain individuals that were misconstruing scriptures concerning prosperity, concerning wealth, so forth and so on. I'm going to give you one of the scriptures, 1 Timothy chapter number 6, verse number 10. The writer declares for, somebody shout, the love of money. For the love of money is the root of all evil. They quoted it so much that they stopped saying the word love, and they just said money is the root of all evil. But the devil is absolutely a liar. It's not money. Come on. Money is neutral. Are y'all with me in this place? But if you got a spirit about it, if you got the love for it, if you got an aggression about it that you're willing to do anything, that's what God has a problem with. 
Not the money, it's the love of money that is the root of all evil. I'll give you another text, Matthew 5, 3, where the Bible declares, Blessed are the poor in spirit. They quoted it so fast that they left off the in spirit. Are y'all with me? And they started glorifying poverty as if the poorer you are, the closer you are to God. The devil is absolutely a liar. The context of this scripture is blessed are the poor. Where, y'all? In spirit. In essence, those who realize their spiritual poverty, those who realize their need for Jesus, they are the ones that are blessed. So I grew up around, grew up around certain people who had this idea that money was this bad thing that only bad people had. Hmm. So to kind of get out of it a little bit when I was around them, I used to say stuff like this, all I want is just enough to pay my bills. <laughs> because if you start talking about more, if you start talking about God doing something supernatural, God, I'm talking about, if you start quoting scriptures like the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the just, now you got to be careful with that. So to fit in, which I don't know more. <laughs> No, no, don't you sit down, Jamie. I need you to sit down because you ain't going to interrupt my service. <laughs> Tell my, oh, Lord, hold on, no, I got to preach. So, Mother, I started saying little stuff like, well, listen, all I want is just enough to pay my bills. I wanna, I've been reading this great book by uh, C. Peter Wagner, and I highly encourage it. It's called... The great transfer of wealth. And this is what Peter has to say. He's actually quoting another author. He says, on several occasions, people have told me proudly, I am not greedy. All I want is enough to pay my bills. My reply is, well, you may not be greedy, but you sure are selfish. You should want more than enough to pay your bills. You should want enough to have extra so you can help somebody else. He goes on to quote 2 Corinthians 9 and 8 where the Bible declares, and God is able to bless you, somebody shout abundantly. Say it again, abundantly. God is able to bless you abundantly. For what, y'all? So that in all things at all times, having all that you need, watch this, you will abound in every good work. You got enough not only, watch this, to meet your needs, but also to perform good works to help other people meet their needs. Can somebody say amen right there? So in our foundational text, I want to highlight again a scripture that's, that's often misconstrued concerning people who God is transferring wealth to. Why are you in this vein, Pastor? Uh, because I believe that a transfer is getting ready to happen. How can you feel a transfer? Because God would be unjust to give you great vision and match it with little provision. Y'all ain't saying nothing in this place. If God going to give you great vision, he's going to Always match great vision with great provision. Somebody shout, it's coming. And some of y'all, it's already here. James 4.13, the writer declares, Now listen, you who say today or tomorrow. So I'm looking at this text, Pop, and I'm trying to figure out what's, what, what is God's issue with these people that's got money. 
Today or tomorrow, we will go to this or that city, spend a year there carrying on business and make money. God's issue is they're talking about money and hadn't talked to him about it. They're talking about business plans and hadn't included God in their business plan. He says, this is what you ought to do. Why do you not even know what, what, what you, you do not even know what will happen tomorrow? What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, in essence, if God wants me to do this, it will happen for me. We will live and, and do this or that. As it is, you boast in your arrogant schemes. All such boasting is evil. Here it is, 5-3. This is the other issue that he has with those that are pursuing wealth in an ungodly manner. Because how many know when you do it outside of God, you always wind up hurting people that God loves to get what you love? I need you to hear me in this place. Your gold and silver are corroded. Their corrosion will testify against you and eat your flesh like fire. You have hoarded wealth in the last days. Look, the wages you failed, you, you were scheming. You were stealing from folk. The wages you failed to pay the workers who mowed your fields are crying out against you. God don't have a problem with these people having money. He has a problem when you choose to get, much this, unrighteous mammon outside of him. So, if you will bear with me just for a moment, I just want to show you God's heart when it comes to your economy. What is God's will? If I'm actually going to pray God's will, and Chad, this is what I start doing differently. I start finding out scriptures concerning God's will and my financial situation, and I just start praying the scripture, and I start seeing change and manifestation, because how many know faith without works is what, y'all? Is dead. You got to put works, and sometimes it's natural or spiritual that you got to put in and believe in God. So watch the wisdom here. In the book of 3 John chapter 2, excuse me, 3 John 2, verse number 2, the writer says, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospereth. So when I look at this particular text, it seems like an equation. Anybody know anything about math, which I'm, I'm not the expert, but I did pass Algebra 1. After taking it three times in college. <laughs> Praise the Lord. One of the things that I learned, whatever happens on, the, on this side of the equation has to match this side of the equation. So on this side, he says, I want you to prosper and be in health equal to, even as, watch this, your soul prospers. In essence, the scripture is saying, I want you to have as much money as you can handle. Whatever you can't handle, then you won't have it. But if you can handle it, ooh, I want to run myself. My God. Watch this, watch this, watch this. So, so, so my, my wife, my wife, she's trained, she's been training all the kids, but we've been working on Nate, and, and Nate, he's something else. So she has these three bags in Nate's room. One is a giving bag. One is a saving bag. The other is a spending bag. Is that right? Giving, saving, and spending. And so... We give Nate $20, and I have to go in there and say, okay, Nate, how much go to God? Uh, a dollar? No. Let's try again. What's 10%? You know what 10% is. $2. Okay. So $2 go in the bag. And then I throw in there, what about the pastor's love offering? Oh, I ain't giving the pastor nothing. <laughs> I'm just going to give to God. All right, son. 
How much go in the spending bag? 18? No. If you put 18 in the spending bag, then how much going to go in the savings bag? And so he's looking sad. Watch this. Right now, Nate is at a soulish level of immaturity when it comes to finances. So he can only handle $20 on a birthday. But as his soul prospers, oh my God. After, watch this, after his daddy have to stop looking over his shoulders, make sh making sure that he put some in the God bag, some in the savings bag. Some, you do know that the scripture declares that God sends blessings to your storehouse. Do you know what your storehouse is? It's your savings account. And how, how is God going to blow on something that you ain't? So the moment he begins to mature in his soul, I want to help somebody in this place. As this goes up, this goes up as well. God wants you to have as much money as you can handle. Can somebody say amen to that? So let, let me just cut to the chase because every time I teach on stuff like this, it's always somebody that come to me and I'll, I love them, I love them. And they'll say, well, Pastor, we, hold on, hold on, hold on. We ain't finna become like one of them churches. <laughs> and then I have to always ask, tell me what's one of those churches? Here's the reality. I just tapped into the spiritual realm, and I know what God is getting ready to do. God is birthing vision in his people. And whenever he gives vision, provision always follows. So it is right to talk about what to do with the provision. Come on, somebody, that God is giving. So you don't wind up in trouble with God wasting what he gave you. Book of Deuteronomy, chapter number 8, verses number 18, one of my favorite scriptures. The writer declares, but thou shalt, somebody shout, you got to remember God. Say it again, you got to remember God. But thou shalt remember the Lord thy God. Why? For it is he that giveth what, y'all? Power to do what, y'all? So God gives you the ability to get the money that you need. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, what's your superpower? What is the ability that, ooh, Moses, what's that in your hands? Some of y'all got something in your hands and you don't even realize it. As I was driving on the way here, I was thinking about the fact that McDonald's does not have the best hamburger in the world. Why are they the one, number one franchise in the world today when it comes to fast food? Because the founders didn't really major in burgers, but they majored in systems, come on somebody, that would deliver hamburgers. And there are some of you all that God has given you abilities and you asking God for money and God says, work the power that I. But thou shalt remember the Lord thy God. How do you remember him? How do you remember him? Every time you honor him when he says give, you remember him. Every time when you honor him when he says don't spend that, put that up. And you don't spend it and you put it up. Every time you pull out a budget and you, you systematize of how you're going to manage the wealth that God has given you, you are honoring him when you remember that the strength, the fortitude, the, the idea, the witty invention that God gives you, come on somebody, the dream that he gives you, came from him, you are remembering him. Book of Matthew, chapter number six, verse number 24. Am I okay, y'all? I'm just walking the text. 
The Bible declares no one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Now, this is a warning. This is a warning because there is a great temptation at times for you to be so consumed about money and you wind up being driven by the spirit of mammon. So 25, he helps and encourages him, his audience, and, and Jesus says, therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them are you not much more valuable than they? God says, if I know how to take care of birds, I ought to know how to take care of you. My dog has never missed a day of eating, ever. And if I could take care of Chase, I ought to be able to take care of Greg Jr. Are y'all with me in this place? And God says, if I can take care of the, the animals, come on somebody, I should be able to take care of the ones that I shed blood for. Verse number 30 declares, if that is how God, how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For, ooh, look at this, for the pagans, they run after these things. Somebody shall run after. And your heavenly father knows, he knows that you need them. 33, but run after God. Pagans run after things. God says, run after me. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And the things that the pagans run after, I will just simply give them to you. Because you're running after me. Look at your neighbor and ask him which direction you're running. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Do what God wants you to do. Woo, thank you, Holy Ghost of God. I just heard the voice of somebody who's disappointed because they feel as though they missed an opportunity mm, obeying God. And I hear God saying that the opportunity is coming back ten times because of your obedience to me. Let me show you in the text and I'm out of here. Mark chapter number 10, this, what we know as the rich young ruler comes to Jesus and he says, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus says, you know the commandments. Do this, do that, honor your father and mother, so forth, so on. Rich young ruler looks at Jesus and he said, these things I have done, I have kept from my youth up. What more do you want from me, Jesus? What do I lack? Jesus looks on him in verse number 21 of chapter 10. And the Bible declares... And loved him. Jesus said unto him, one thing you lack. Go sell everything you have. Woo. Ah, my God. Give to the poor. 
and you will have treasure in heaven, then come follow me. Now, now look, look at the invitation, because this was a man of much means. But Jesus knew for what I'm asking you to do, he was literally inviting him into the circle of discipleship. And if you're going to be within the circle of discipleship, you don't even need that stuff because if we hungry, I can take some loaves of bread and fish and feed the whole multitude and it'd be 12 baskets left over to take care of y'all as well. So if you with me, there's nothing that you need outside of me. So the stuff that you have accumulated, I want you to get rid of all of that. So the Bible declares, verse number 22, at this the man's face fell. He went away sad because he had great wealth. And, and you got to be careful because some of you all are tempted to fall into that category that God is challenging you to make some moves that it seems like that you are losing. But when you're obeying God, you, somebody shout, I'm never losing. Somebody shout, I'm always winning. I just want you to look at this for a second. The man runs to Jesus. One translation says that he runs, he falls on his knees, and, and he, he's inquiring. So it looks like he's inquisitive. It looks like that he's really hungry for God. And he says, tell me whatever I need to do to inherit eternal life. I want to be with you, Jesus. This is what I want you to do. I've done that. So what else? The stuff that you love the most, I want you to get rid of it. The man got a personal invitation from Jesus to walk beside him like one of the twelve. And when Jesus challenged him to give up his stuff, hmm, I'm teaching this word because some of y'all in here don't want Jesus telling you what to do with your money. With every message that's been part one, two, and three, you've had a problem with it. <laughs> Don't tell me to save, I ain't doing no budget, and I'm going to give whatever I want unto the Lord. The Bible declares that he walked away sad. Now, this is what I like because Peter is my boy. Peter with his big bad self, look what he going to say. It's crazy. The Bible declares, then Peter spoke up, and he says, we left everything to follow you. So what you asking him to do, we already did that. Jesus says, truly I tell you, no one who has left home or brothers or sisters or mother, father or children or fields for me and the gospel. Now let's press pause because there are times, there are times when God will ask you, Ooh, I want to run, I want to run, I want to run right now. I'm getting ready to share another testimony. I'm, I'm getting ready to share another testimony I hadn't shared. And the reason I hadn't shared it probably because I was a, I was hypocrite. I ain't no more. I caught my son, and he's still working on me. I caught my son, God, I, can you do, I, yesterday I was at the, I was at the funeral, and uh, one, one of the, uh, my wife, wife's cousin came up to me and said, ooh, I see that truck. I see that truck. Oh, I know what them trucks cost. Reality is, you know what they cost, but you don't know what I paid. <laughs> I caught myself because my, my ghetto flavor kicked in. That Nargopoy kicked in. 
I wanted to say whatever you think I paid, I, I, I promise you I paid $20,000 less than what you think I paid for it. I don't even want to, I don't even want to. Truly, I tell you, Jesus, ooh, Jesus, no one who has left home, somebody just shout, living for God pays off. It's time out for the saints of God to stop apologizing for being blessed. Stop apologizing. The Bible declares that we should let our light so shine that who, y'all? Men do what, y'all? See our good works, but when they see, to God be the glory. I was, I was almost getting ready to explain, and then I caught myself, and I walked away, and I just said, thank you. Thank you. Because I didn't do it. God did it. I ain't steal. I ain't cheating nobody. Ooh, I, I mean, come on, come on. Let's be, let's be real. Let's, let, me, let me be really, really transparent. So, my friend, I've been taught for... for 15 years, 16 years we've been in ministry here on the coast. I've been talking about giving. I've been talking about budgeting. I've been talking about saving. I've been talking about wise investing. I've been talking about the importance of getting life insurance. I've been talking about all of these things in financial stewardship. What I've been talking about, I've been practicing. So you mean to tell me that I've been teaching it? And I've been practicing it, and I have no fruits of it. The devil is absolutely a liar. If that was the case, you should fire this preacher and get you, get chat. Get you another one. If he going to teach something for 15, 16 years, and there is no fruit in his life of what he is teaching. So I asked my intercessors to pray for me because I didn't want to come across like I'm boasting or like I'm bragging and all that kind of, because it ain't about that at all. Because, ooh, let me tell you, Pop, here, this would be the problem. This would be the problem. If I was the only one in the ministry buying houses. <laughs> if I was the only one in the church with fine cars, y'all ain't talking about somebody. If I, was on, if I was the only one in the house with fine stuff, now that'd be a problem. Just look around the church. I ain't, I'm going to let y'all tell y'all own testimony. You hypocrites. <laughs> God, I love you today. He says, truly, I tell you, Jesus replied, no one who has left home or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or fields for me in the gospel, watch this, will, will fail if, if, when, when you do what I ask you to do, when you give up, when you budget, when you save, when you invest, when you do, when you honor me in your finances, watch this, well, you will not fail to receive, watch this, somebody shout out, oh God, I want to run, a hundred times as much in this present age. Now let's pause there for a second. Whenever the scripture speaks of a hundred times, it's talking about the maximum return on that sacrifice. 
So when you give up something that I tell you to give up, when you honor me, when I tell you to honor me, when you save, when you want to spend and you honor me, I'm going to make sure that the maximum return for this type of sacrifice, you receive it. Here's, here's, here's the good stuff. Somebody shout, in this present age. So thank God for the sweet by and by. Thank God for glory. Thank God to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. But he's saying, not only am I going to pay you in glory, I'm going to pay you. In this present age, I'm going to give you homes and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and field. Now, watch this, watch this, watch this. I'm, I'm going to bless you. Somebody shout, God's going to bless me. Somebody shout, God is blessing me right now. But watch at the end of the blessing. Along with what, y'all? Now, this is why some of y'all are backing up right now. So I had this good friend. I had. So God was just like blessing me so much, man. He was blessing me so much. And every time I tell him about the blessing, like, you know, we, we just bought a, we just bought South Location, bought South, South Location. And he'd be like, oh, I see you. Oh, I see you don't bought your little church building. You're about your little church building. Oh, I got you. I see you. And then I say, man, we, we're growing, man, and we're blessing. We got to go to two services. We're doing, a, we're doing 8 o'clock and 11 o'clock. Yeah, I saw, I saw your little two service. I saw your little flyer on Facebook. Man, I, we, we getting ready to get this new building, man, up in Orange Grove, man, and I'm, I'm just so excited about it. I'm just praying. Just be in prayer with me. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm praying about your little building that you're going to get up there, your little building, and Man, we just opened a food pantry, man, and a food pantry. I mean, we service, we service 60 to 7 families a week, almost 300 plus people a month that we're giving free food to. And it's just like, yeah, I saw you. Hey, hey, hey. I saw your little pantry. It finally hit me. Every time I tell him about what God's doing, he always had little in it. So, I had to disassociate myself from his little self. <laughs> because I don't need you raining on my parade every time I'm trying to tell somebody about what God is blessing me with. Because when I look at the sacrifice, he says, no man that has given up this, 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 that, and the other will receive as 100 times the maximum return. Watch this, not just in the sweet by and by, but I'm talking about right now. So I know persecution is coming. I know my haters is coming, but watch this. Listen to me. I need you to hear me. You cannot back up from your testimony because of haters. Somebody needs to know that serving God really does pay off. So here's a testimony I hadn't told nobody. Me and my wife, we got the little notice, and we looked at each other, and we said, I don't want to cry. I ain't finna cry. I don't want to cry. I don't want to cry. I don't want to cry today. I've been crying. I was crying yesterday. I don't want to cry today. My wife, we got, we got a... We got a Piece of paper, and then they give me the sad music. Cut it out. <laughs> Y'all finna help me cry. Stop. 
So watch this. I'll tell you what the paper is. They gave me a little piece of paper we got in the mail in March, in the middle of a pandemic. And we looked at each other, and we read it, and we said, we said it almost at the same time, who could we tell that would be happy for us? That, I mean, we, we, we both said that, who could, I mean, we can't post this on Facebook because they folk going to be hating, and then they're going to be like, oh, I, did, I know what they're doing over there. Look at them. So this is what happened. In, in, in 2000, we, we bought our first house in Hattiesburg. And um, we couldn't even afford no house. I don't know why that bank gave us money. <laughs> Look, when we were signing, I was grinning like, <laughs> for real? <laughs> Thank y'all, though. <laughs> I'm serious. Y'all pray for me. My integrity is better. <laughs> but I was laughing. We couldn't even afford the rent we had. Now we finna buy a house, for real? <laughs> oh, my God. Bro, I remember asking the question, so how long can we extend? Can we extend this like 70 years? Can we, can we do like a 70-year term? <laughs> Broke is a joke, man. So they gave us, they gave us a 30-year mortgage. And we paid it off in 20 years. I had it off for 20 years. Now, here's, here's the story behind the story. Um, <sighs> we bought that house, 2000. We moved down here in 2002 when we bought another house. And 2007, we were getting ready to buy the, the south location. And um, so the banker comes to me, and you know, they was giving us all kind of runarounds, and you know, they, they, tr they trying to make money too, and I understand. And so, they finally agreed to give us the money because it, it was funny. I had even my own brother, Karki, came to me and he says, I ain't leaving my church till you get a building. <laughs> and I know we needed our own space. We needed our own space as a church. And so the bank said, We're going to give you the money, but we want both of your houses as collateral. We finna buy a church. And we ain't even got 30 members, including the kids. <laughs> so we're talking about like 15, 20 adults, and we finna buy church. And in essence, the banker is saying, you might believe in your little dream, but just in case it don't work, we're going to take this church building, we're going to take your house in Hattiesburg, and the one you just bought that your family love, we're going to take that, too, and your family going to have to find somewhere else to stay. And I'm sitting there deliberating. God, come on now. Don't do me like that. Because I know people. I just know people. They can flake out. So it, it'll be so good. It'll be so good. Like if I had a contract on y'all. <laughs> like, 
Uh-uh, you ain't finna go to no other church. You don't sign this, you don't sign this new member contract. You ain't going nowhere. Like, hey, where you, where you at? Where you at? You, ain't, you at home today. Uh, it's raining. The devil is alive. You got a contract. You better come to church. And bring them ties. <laughs> so real talk, I ain't, I ain't got no contract on nobody. So he said, I'm going to take both of them houses. You default on this loan. So me and my wife, we prayed, and we signed the paperwork. So about five years into the deal, uh, they released the, the, the house we were living in. And then 10 years into the deal, they released the house in Hattiesburg. I just wonder, I just wonder, could it be that God saw the sacrifice? Instead of 30 years, I'm going to do it in 20 years. And I tell you what, to show you I'm God, I'm going to do it in the middle of a pandemic. And I'm going to give you your house free and clear. This stuff that I'm talking about, this ain't no game. I ain't running no game at all, period. I just ain't doing it. I'm telling you that when you honor God in your finances, man, he has a way of blessing you crazy. 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 That's the first time I've ever shared that testimony, and outside of this congregation, only like, one other person knows, and that's just my wife's best friend. We were able to walk away with a house that's free and clearly ours. God does not have a respected person. God did not do that to me because I'm a pastor. He didn't do it because I'm a preacher. God does not have a respected person. Per person. He has a respect of principle. When you see the principles in the word and you honor the principles of the word, he always he always comes back and show favor upon your life in a crazy way. So let me get back to the very point of the message. There's some of you guys, well, let me, let me stay here. So, so there's some of you guys that's on the line of obedience right now in some form or fashion. Some things that God has challenged you to do financially. It could be giving. It could be you saving a certain amount of money and not just not touching it. It could be some investment that God has been dealing with your heart about and you just kind of on the edge and not really moving the way that you should move. I don't know what it is. But I'm telling you, when you honor God, you do what he asks you to do. He always blesses you back. So I'm encouraging you as your pastor, do it. Look at your neighbor and encourage them and tell them, just do it. Obey God. Obey God. So here's the point of the message here. Then there are some of you all who, man, God has really favored you. God has really blessed you. It's crazy. It's ridiculous. You look at your wife. You look at your husband. Y'all be like, oh, my God. For real? God did this? And you sitting on encouragement that somebody needs to hear. You sitting on a testimony that would transform somebody's life and give them a hope that they thought they would never receive because, again, God doesn't have a respect to person, respect to principle. If he do it for one, he will do it another. If you work the principle, 
he will do the same thing for you. Will you all receive this word on today? Come on, give God a hand clap of praise all over this building.